we're going to get right into the Word. Will you turn with me to the book of Ezekiel? Very familiar passage, Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to look at Ezekiel chapter 37. Give you just a moment to get there tonight. Thankful for a little bit of warmer weather today. Not real warm, but a little bit warmer. Wasn't it nice? So nice. Chapter 37. Chapter 37, beginning with verse 1. We're going to read through verse 14, so if you will just read along with me. Chapter 37, beginning with verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, And behold, there was very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise and a suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, God, for it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Your word is living, and I pray, Lord, that the living word of God would flow through your servant tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that only your words would come forth from my mouth, and Lord, I pray that everything that is said and done will glorify the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel in this text before this, just to give you a little background to the text, God had called his people, the Jews, out of captivity from Egypt where they had been in Egyptian captivity for over 400 years, 400 and 
30 years. God, through his servant Moses and Joshua, you remember in the Old Testament, he had caused the Israelites to cross the Red Sea and, and to defeat all that had stood in their way to get to that exceeding great land, that exceeding good land, the land the Bible says that flowed with milk and with honey. And he had brought them into the promised land and he had given them a king. You remember King Saul and, and King David, he had made them a nation and God was with them. But somewhere along the way they lost focus of what had made them strong. And they turned to idolatry and rebelled against God and God allowed them to go back into captivity once again. King Nebuchadnezzar and his Babylonian army invaded Israel and they had destroyed Solomon's temple and taken away uh, many of the Jewish people back to Babylon as captives. And this is where we find the prophet Ezekiel. The nation of Israel was spiritually dead, but where God gave prophet, the prophet Ezekiel a vision is what we've just read. It was a, a hopeless place that the Israelites were in. They were in basically Death Valley. God has given them, uh, given Ezekiel, prophet Ezekiel, this vision. So tonight I want you to think about a, a hopeless situation in your own life, maybe a, a valley that you might personally be in that just seems dry all around you and hopeless, and all you can see is just dry, dead bones. And, and just I want you to realize and to remind you that your current situation doesn't have to be your final destination. Your current situation right where you're at right now doesn't have to be the final destination that God has for you. For tonight we're going to title this, When Hope is Lost, He Steps In. How many knows that in those hopeless situations where you feel like there's just no hope left, that God will step in and he'll turn your situation around? For the Bible says he works all things together for my good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So we're going to just kind of break this chapter down just a little bit. If you will just go with me uh, to each set of verses, we're going to look at it. Verses 1 through 3, we see that uh, the prophet Ezekiel, the hand of the Lord was upon him and the Spirit led him into the midst of these dry bones. He was right in the middle and the Bible says that that was full. There wasn't just a few dry bones here and there, but he was surrounded everywhere that he looked in this vision. There were dry bones and the Bible goes on to say that they were very dry in verse 2. they If you can just imagine that they would have been there quite a long time and and I know this is symbolic but the Lord is bringing him a message and a vision of the children of Israel at this time so they would have been white and very dry as he sat in the midst of these dry bones the first point that I want us to look at is reflection reflection he had a solemn reflection in the middle of this valley of bones, for the Holy Spirit had caused him that to pass all around, the scripture says, sat him in the midst and caused him to pass all around, to get a good look at it, to see exactly how uh, it just defeatable they must have felt, how, how place that they just thought there was no way out, there was just an impossibility. Have you ever taken a true solemn look at your own situation, at your own life, and seen the dry and the dead places maybe in your own walk, in your own relationships, in your own 
situations where it just seemed hopeless. It seemed dead and dry, and there seemed like there was no way to repair the situation that you were in. And this is what the prophet Ezekiel is seeing as he's sitting in the midst of these bones, and it's just hopeless everywhere. It's a solemn reflection. He began to reflect and see all around him was nothing but dry, dead bones. A solemn reflection. And then the Lord asked him in verse 3 a sobering question. He said to him, Son of man, can these bones live? Can your situation turn around? Can our nation be revived again? Can you walk in peace when your whole world is coming in around you and you feel like there's no way out? Can you still walk in peace? Can your prodigal child, who you've just about given hope up on, can they return home? Can your business be revived again? Can relationships that seem severed beyond reconciliation be restored again? Can these bones live again? The Lord asked Ezekiel. And of course, Ezekiel, I like his answer because he said, Oh Lord, you know. He didn't say, Well, yes, I know he can because, you know, you're, you're the Lord because he, you know, he's dealing with all that Israel is going through at this time. And I'm sure that a little bit of doubt might have set in, but yet he had enough faith to say, but God, you know, you can do it. What seems impossible to me, this doesn't seem possible that these bones could ever live again, but God, you know, you know. It was not the final scene for Israel. They felt it was, but it was not the final scene. God was not done with Israel, and it is not the final scene for you. God is not done with you and your current circumstance, your current situation is not your final destination. God is not done. You know, when there's no hope with man, there is always hope in God. Always remember that when there's no hope with man, when it seems like there's just no way that you'll ever be in a place where you're in walking in health again because the doctors have given up hope. There's no hope with man, but there is hope in God. You might be in a place where your finances are just uh, depleted and the, the, the checking account says empty and is, there's no way there's no gonna, any money come for this bill that you have that's due. It's impossible, but with God, it is not. When there's no hope with man, there is always hope with God. Amen? Don't judge the story of your life by the chapter that you are currently in. Don't judge the story of your life by the chapter you are currently in, for God is still working. You know, we always are saying, while we're, while we're working, while we're praying, God is working. Even when I don't see it, I know he's working. Even when I can't feel it, I know he's working. Your current situation is not your final destination. 
those pieces of your life that you feel have been scattered and, and shattered everywhere. God can bring them all back together. The children of Israel had been scattered because of their rebellion against God. They had turned uh, to idolatry and rebellion and they were scattered and these bones represented that scattering, but God was going to bring them back together. He was going to give them mercy again. He was giving them grace again. He was extending his love to them and he will do the same for you. I was reminded, I was studying this uh, years ago, there was a song called Picking Up the Pieces of My Life, and I don't know who sang it, I don't know if it was the Imperial or somebody, but it said, just when I've exhausted all the ways to bring it all together, he's picking up the pieces of my life. And you know he will do that for you. He didn't just do it for the children of Israel, but his word is still true for you today. What he did for them then, he will do for you now and forever. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will bring those pieces of your life back together again. Ezekiel, he sees this desperate place that the people of God are in. But he sees the greater God that he serves, and he knows that God can do it. Amen. You think of a puzzle. We talk about pieces. I remember when I worked in a residential care, and, and a lot of our seniors would sit around a little lamp with, you know, with their puzzle pieces, and they would just dump them out, and they were everywhere as they would just pick them up and put them in place. And, you know, sometimes we feel like that, like these bones and like these puzzle pieces, that our life is just scattered, but God has a way of putting all those pieces back together again. And he will do that for each of us. So the Lord had given Ezekiel reflection, sat him in the midst of these bones, and now he's going to give him direction. He said, can these bones live? And he said, Lord God, you know. We find in verse 4 that he said, Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. The first direction that the Lord speaks or commands Ezekiel to speak is his word to the bones. He told them to speak truthfully. Now, he didn't say, now really, you're not dry bones, you know, you... You're really not that dry. No, he said, you say, oh, dry bones, thus saith the Lord that you shall live. He, he spoke truthfully to him, but he spoke the word to him, to the, to the bones. He told them, he told the prophet to speak truthfully. The living word of God commanded that which was dead to listen. And when you speak the living word of God over your circumstances that are dried up and dead, they will listen. For the word of God is living and powerful. The Bible says sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, is a discerner of our thoughts and the very intent of our heart. It is living. It's not just a book sitting on your bookshelf, but it is the living Word of God. And when you begin to take this Word and speak to your circumstance and those dead places in your life, and you begin to speak the Word of God, the dead places will begin to change, and things will turn around because God's Word is living. So he told Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. You prophesy to your dry places, and you declare, I am a new creation. You declare that I am a child that, that daily will sit in your presence. Lord, I declare that your Holy Spirit will fill me 
each day and I declare that I can walk in peace and I can walk in joy and I can walk in the victory that you already want at Calvary. I'm not going to a place of victory, but I'm coming from a place of victory for you've already won it for me. And you know, as he began to prophesy, I love this because it says, as he began to prophesy, let me find my place. Verse 7, he said, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And as suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. You see, as soon as you step out in obedience to God, and you begin to speak his word and do what he's called to you to do, he's working. That noise is going. That, the bone is connecting to the bone. The sinews are coming together. The skin is coming upon those dry dead bones that with man was impossible that it would ever come back together. But you see, with God, it was not. He was just to be obedient and to prophesy, and God done the work. As Ezekiel obeyed, God was ordering. If we will just obey, God will order our steps. If we will just obey, God will order our circumstance to come in alignment with his will. We've just got to step out and obey him. But we go on to read, after the noise and the rattling, the bones came together. Indeed, verse 8 says, I looked and the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. Now you remember when he first told Ezekiel, the very first thing he said in verse 4, he said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, hear the word of the Lord, surely I will cause breath to enter in you. And then he goes on to say that he will bring the skin and the bones together. And then he reiterates it again, but there's no breath yet. So what does he say? We find that the word breath is used eight times in this passage. And he said to the, he said, prophesy to the breath. Come from the four winds, son of man. You say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds and breathe on these slain that they may live. There is no life with them without breath. Now not only is it just bones, but it's skeletons, but there's no breath in them. There's no life. So the Lord said, prophesy to the breath and tell the breath to come. Say to the breath, says the Lord, come from the four winds. And Ezekiel is prophesying to the Spirit. The Word of God came first, and then the Spirit of God brought life. When we begin to speak the Word, we not only need to, to preach the Word, but we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit to bring life to us. It is the Spirit, John 6, 63 said, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. This is Jesus speaking. The words are spirit and they are life. In Genesis 2 and 7 it says, The Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life and man became a living being. We need the breath of God to breathe upon us. We need his spirit to fill us, to empower us, to make us what he wants us to be. We've got to have the breath of God. The Word of God came first, and then the Spirit of God brought life. Where the Lord's breath is, there is life. 
Lord, we want the Lord to breathe upon our praise. You know, we want the Lord to breathe upon our preaching because if the anointing is not on the preaching, we just have a bunch of essays and speeches that we're giving. The Word of God is powerful, but we need the infilling of His Spirit. We need the Lord to breathe upon our worship because we don't want to just get up there and sing pretty songs and, and have great harmonies, but we need the anointing to come and so that it will break the bondages, break the chains, and do a mighty work when the anointing is there. We need him to breathe upon us. We need the breath of God. So Ezekiel was prophesying to the breath. He prophesied to the bones and then he prophesied to the breath. And then lastly in verse chapter, verse 10 is the resurrection. He had reflection, then God gave him direction and now we see the resurrection. Verse 10 says, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them, and they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And they indeed said, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. You see, when the Holy Spirit breathes upon you, you can't help but stand on your feet. Because where the Spirit of God is, there is motion. There is going to be some movement. We're going to do something. We're going to, if we don't stand, we're going to raise our hands. If we don't raise our hands, we're going to sing with our, we're going to show something. Because when the Spirit of God comes and he breathes upon us, we're going to show movement. Amen. So they stood up, it says. He, he breathed upon them and they stood. And it says that, uh, that they stood upon their feet and they were an exceeding great army life will bring movement the lord is even today raising up an army of a people that will stand for him an army that will fight now you remember with victory's already been won but we've got to stand in the army of god we've got to have on the full armor of god that we will uh, fight against the enemy's lies that would tell us that we're defeated when we know that we are made overcomers through christ a great army, an exceeding great army. An army fights, an army protects, an army is strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. An army isn't apathetic. A few weeks ago I had the Lord just place that word in my mind, and I, for weeks I kept thinking apathy. What is apathy? Apathy, and I, you know, apathy is just when you just don't really care. It's not a big deal. It's just, you know, you not really have a passion or a concern for something. But you see, God wants us to have a passion for yeah. his word. He wants us to be someone that will stand up, that when he breathes upon us and the word is given, that we will stand up like that great exceeding army and that we will be having a resurrection Ezekiel 37 attitude that we say, Lord, that because your spirit lives in me, I am alive and I'm going to stand and I'm going to be that great exceeding army that you called me to be where has our love gone for the love of for the love of the word where is our love gone to be in the house of God when the days where we couldn't wait to get to God's house where is that passion gone where is the the love for the things of God gone let him turn your apathy into an awakening 
God, take our apathy and turn it to a spiritual awakening. We need a, a spiritual awakening in ourselves and in our, in our city. Lord, we ask, Lord, for you to put a spiritual awakening upon the city of Galena that we can be a light and that you would draw the people to you that are lost without you. A spiritual awakening. C.S. Lewis said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing that Christianity cannot be is moderately important. Either it is very important to you or it's not important at all. The, the book of Revelation says that we are lukewarm. He will spew you out of his mouth. He wants a church who is on fire for him, who's not apathetic, but who is passionate, who is awakened in their spirit for the things of God. But you see, they, they said... Our bones are dry and our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. The children of Israel had given up hope. They felt all hope was lost, that they had been cut off forever. They were dry and they knew their situation was impossible without hope of any chance to begin again. Maybe you have felt that way. You felt cut off and hopeless, dry. Like there's no hope left. But you know, God is merciful. And when all hope is lost, he steps in. And with God, all things are possible. There is no hope with man, but there's always hope with God. When hope is lost, he steps in. In closing, I want to read this short little story, or not story, just an article to you that really blessed me, and I hope that it does you as well. It said... There's a great story about an author and a pastor by the name of Jim Cimbala. In one of his books, he shared about how in 1971 he was called to pastor a church in Brooklyn, New York. This church at one time ran three to 4,000 people, but when he stepped in to be the pastor, it had dwindled down to about 30 people. And when he walked in, everything was dry and dead, and he said that every time he got up to preach, someone else left. The church just seemed to keep shrinking down to near empty. His wife, Carol, was trying to sing, but no one would sing with her, and they wouldn't even stand and worship. They were so greatly discouraged. They'd almost lost all of their hope. The church was just dead and dry. There was no life in the church at all. One Wednesday, as he got up to preach, as he stepped on the stage with just about 20 in attendance, the pastor collapsed on the floor in such great discouragement. And he said, I just prayed, Spirit of God, breathe life into this dry place. He said he never even preached that night. He just sat on that stage and wept. And he said, surprisingly, not one person left that night, they just felt pity for the pastor who wept on the stage. After he had cried till he could cry no more, he dismissed them, but after the meeting he said, if anyone wants to join me for prayer, a prayer meeting the next night that they could, you see here instead of being defeated by all the discouragement and the pity party that he may have felt may be coming on, but he called a prayer meeting instead. But he said, if you will just come, come with me tomorrow night if you want. And he said, uh, 
tomorrow night on a Thursday night that they would meet. So on Thursday night, about 25 people came. His wife, Carol, started writing songs. Each meeting, this prayer meeting was growing. What happened in those Thursday night meetings would overflow on the Sundays. It reminds me of us. Each Thursday, as they were having powerful encounters with God, they would have even greater encounters with God on Sunday mornings. The church started growing. Now remember, it was 25 people in that first prayer meeting. The church started growing, and today that church is Brooklyn Tabernacle. They run about 16,000 people every Sunday. They've won six uh, Grammy Awards, been featured on movies and TV shows, performed in secular channels, uh, being able to get the gospel out so many places, performed in front of presidents even, all because of one man in the middle of a hopeless situation rose up with an Ezekiel 37 vision. He said, this is not the end. Dry bones began to get on their feet, new breath and new life was coming back into them. And you see, the Lord wants to do the same for us. He's, no partial, he's not partial of any person. What he did for one, he will do for the other. And when we get a vision and a, a purpose and a passion to pray like we've been doing on Wednesday nights, just like he did for Brooklyn Tabernacle and Pastor Jim Cimbala, I believe that he'll do for Christ Point Church in the city of Galena, that as we are passionate in prayer and we get an Ezekiel 37 mindset that, Lord, we're going to prophesy to those bones. We're going to prophesy to the city of Galena and we're going to prophesy and say come, come Lord Holy Spirit draw them to you, draw them God to you just as Ezekiel began prophesying God's command and God began to work as we do his commands, he will answer our prayers, we obey and he will order our steps I remember some in the scripture where there were ones that would give up almost gave up in hopelessness. You remember Elijah in 1 Kings 19. He was overcome with hopelessness, and he had prayed that he might die. He said, it is enough, Lord. I, I just, I have, I'm very zealous for you and all uh, that you have done. And he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah was discouraged, and he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and tore down your altars and killed your prophets, and I am the only one left and they seek to take my life. But the Lord said, but I have reserved for me in Israel 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal. When hope was lost, the Lord stepped in and revived Elijah. You remember the widow from Zarephath who had given up hope. Remember, she just had that handful of flour and that little oil, and she was going to make a last meal for her and her son and die. She was without hope. Her hope had run out, but remember the Lord had stepped in and provided for her throughout that whole drought because she was obedient to him. She didn't give up hope. When hope was lost, he stepped in. Lazarus was dead for four days, and Mary and Martha had basically just given up hope. They had sent for the master, and he didn't come when they thought that he should, but yet he was coming. He was working when they couldn't see it. And they had just about given up hope. But when hope was lost, you know the story that the stone was rolled away and Lazarus came walking out of that grave. Hope was restored because the Lord stepped in. The Apostle Paul, he despaired even of his very life in 2 Corinthians. But when hope was lost, the Lord stepped in 
and he will do the same for you tonight. When you have lost all hope, God will step in. Your current situation is not your final destination. Amen. Enjoy that word tonight. Amen. Would you stand? Would we make our way around the front tonight? Sister Kathy, thank you for that word and that powerful story in the end. Does, is everybody familiar with Jim Sabala? Is everybody familiar with that? Amen. Would you gather around the front tonight quickly? Amen. Thank you, Sister Kathy. Wonderful word. Wonderful word. We re How many receives the word of the Lord tonight? Amen. Let's just gather around the front tonight quickly. Come on, let's gather around the front, all of us. Amen. Amen. Just gather around the front, all of us. Nobody's going to bite you. Amen. Let's just prepare our hearts tonight to pray and to seek God. Like Sister Kathy said in that story, God shows no partiality. Amen. The Holy Spirit spoke to me about praying on Wednesday nights last year. And so uh, we've been doing this every Wednesday night. And so I feel like we need to continue on with what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Amen. A church that prays together is a church that will stay together. Amen. I'm convinced that a church that prays together is a church that will stay together. And not only stay, but it will grow. Amen. And we have more than 20 people here tonight. Much more. So we're going to agree together in prayer. Now let us... We're going to have focused praying. I believe this is important because if you don't know what you're praying for, then how do you know it's answered? You know, when I was growing up in church, everybody just come to prayer meet, and we just, who knows what we were praying about. You know, I was getting saved every week. You know what I'm saying? We, were just, we didn't know what we were praying about. But we're going to be very focused about what we're praying about tonight, all right? because we're going to see God move in those areas. So let us right now, where you're at, let's just close our eyes, get our heart and mind on the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Now, I want to say this, that some of you, if you're not able to stand, please just be seated. There's no pressure. If you feel like you can't stand, that's, that's perfectly fine. There's no pressure. It's not the posture, it's your, it's your heart that I'm looking for. Just get, get your mind right now on the Lord. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever you face this week, whatever troubles and trials, let's just set it aside right now. Now, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. All praise and glory and adoration goes to you alone, Jesus. Father, you are the God of heaven and earth. You're the God that appeared to our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. You are Elohim Yahweh, the provider, protector, sustainer of all things. For you have chosen to reveal yourself through your only Son, Jesus, whom you've exalted, and you've given him a name which is above every name, that at his name every knee would bow in heaven and on earth. And you've sent the Holy Spirit to be the Lord, the paraclete, the teacher, the guide. For we confess tonight that there is only but one God who has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
We lift our hearts up in gratitude and we confess glory be to the Father, glory be to the Son, and glory be to the Holy Ghost. For as it was in the beginning, and so is it now, and so shall it ever be world without end. We lift our hearts up in gratitude and praise you, the one and true and living God. If you believe there's only but one God, would you worship him tonight? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, we give you all glory and praise and adoration tonight. We give you glory. Now, if we pray in tongues tonight, we don't need an interpretation. We're praying to God. If we're praying in tongues, we pray to God tonight. Oh, we give a glory and honor and praise to you tonight. We uplift our hearts and, and our hands to you tonight, and we acknowledge that there is no one but you, O oh God, that can do it. For we have sought after our programs, we have sought after our sermons, we've sought after our singing, we've sought after this and that. But God, we have come to the end of ourself and we realize that it will not work if you're not on it. It will not work if you do not bless it. It will not work and it will not go forward if you are not in it, Lord. If your hand is not upon it, Lord, it shall not work. For they that labor will labor in vain if you don't work with us, Lord. For you are co-labors together with the church. We invite you, Lord. We invite you to come. We ask for a divine visitation. We ask God for a divine visitation, a break-in, a breakthrough, a break-loose, a break-over. We ask God for a divine intervention at this church and in this city. For we lay aside our programs. We lay aside our agendas. We lay aside our opinions, our attitude. We lay aside, Lord, the bulletin, and we have come to the end of ourself, for we render our heart, O oh God, and not our garments, Lord. God, we have decided that if you don't do it, Lord, it ain't going to be done. We just want to be obedient. We just want to be obedient servants in the hand of your, in your hand, Lord. Lord, we come to you tonight as a church. We humbly bow before you. We confess our sin to you, Lord. And if there's anything, Lord, anything that would hinder us from being answered tonight, if there's anything Thing, Lord, if there is sin, if there's obstacles, if there's hindrances, if we are praying amiss, if we're praying with wrong motives, Lord, then we confess it before you and ask for your forgiveness. We ask you to forgive us, Lord. Give us clean hands and a pure heart. For your word says, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? But he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully, for he shall receive the blessing of the Lord. We approach the hill of the Lord tonight with clean hands. We approach the hill of the Lord with a clean heart tonight. Lord, give us clean hands and a pure heart tonight, Lord. Lord, if we have a spirit of competition in this church, we renounce it. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for any pride, arrogance, and self-will. Lord, forgive us, Lord. We humbly render our heart to you, Lord, and say, forgive us, Lord. Give us clean hands and a pure heart, Lord. Oh, for we come to you tonight and we lift up these petitions and requests to you, Lord. We pray together as a community of believers, Lord. We pray together in the unity of faith tonight, for without faith it is impossible to please you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, for you said that whatever we ask in your name, that you would 
do. You said that whatever we bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. You said that if there is any two of us shall agree on anything, it shall be done of them. Oh God, we come to you not of our own volition. We come to you not in our own ability or resources. We come to you humbly before you, God. Asking you, God, for a divine visitation. Asking you, God, for a divine visitation. Break in and break loose of this city and in this church, Lord. Lord, we bless every church in the area that's preaching the gospel and every pastor that's preaching the truth. We bless them. But Father, we want to be an oasis right here in Galena, in Galena, in Galena. We want to be an area where you use, Lord, for your eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show yourself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are upright before you. Lord, if you're looking throughout the world, stop and look in Galena, Lord. For what you said to the prophets of old, we ask that you do it again, Lord. That the Spirit would come upon the dry bones once again. Somebody help me pray tonight. The Spirit of God. That the Spirit would move upon the dry bones once again. The dry bones that's been dry for many years, Lord. That the Spirit of God would breathe upon them again. For we say unto the city of Galena, you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. We speak unto the dry city, the dry bones. We say unto you, live in the name of Jesus. We speak unto Christ Point Church. We say unto you, live. We say unto you, live, 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 live. We say unto you, arise and be that mighty army that God has called you to be. Not a weak army, not a passive army, not a lukewarm army, but we say unto you, Christ Point, arise. We say unto you, Christ Point, be that army that God has called you to be. For we agree together according to the word of God and according to the name of Jesus that Satan has no jurisdiction over this place. He has no jurisdiction over our families. He has no jurisdiction over this property of this church. We bind, rebuke, and bring to no effect every demonic force of the enemy. We bind it and cast it down. Every negative word that's been spoken over this place and property, we cast it down. We rebuke it. We cast it down, rebuke it. For many people have counted us off. Many people said it wouldn't work, but tonight we stand in your presence and we know that your hand is with us. We know that you're guiding us and directing us. For you were with your people like a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And we ask that you go with us and guide us and direct us tonight. Satan, your kingdom is coming down. Somebody help me pray tonight. If you don't know what to do, cry to Jesus tonight. In the name of Jesus, Satan, your kingdom must come down. It must come down. It must come down. We prophesy, we prophesy, we declare, we decree that Christ Point will be an oasis, that the power of God and the presence of God will be the sign of approval. Not words of affirmation, but your approval will be your glory. Many 
right now I need somebody to just praise God. Right now I just feel a praise in the building. I give you glory tonight. I give you glory tonight. I give you glory tonight. We praise you that you're speaking unto the dry bones and commanded them to live tonight. Break it, break it, break it, break it, break it. For we see, we see it as the size of a man's hand. Let the rain come, let the rain come, let the rain come, let the rain come. Let the rain come. Let the rain come. We don't want programs. We want you. We don't want a sermon. We want you. We don't want another song. We want you. 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 We pray number one. Number one. We're number one. We pray that there would be a spiritual awakening in Christ Point Church. We pray that there would be an awakening at Christ Point Church. We pray that the Spirit of God would awaken people out of their slumber and their stupor. We pray that people be awakened out of their slumber and their stupor. We pray that people be awakened to the presence of God. We pray that for the city of Galena, we pray, God, you put us here for the city. And we pray for this city, Lord. We pray that the Holy Ghost would walk down the aisles and the streets of this city, begin to prepare people people's hearts to receive the gospel. We ask God that there be a shakening, awakening to the presence of God. That the God of this world that's blinded the hearts of people, it would be lifted. It lifted, 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 lifted. Awaken them out of their sleep. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. For the prophet Joel said that the time is going to come, that the Spirit shall be poured out upon all flesh, that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You're not going to sprinkle it. You're going to pour it. Pour it, pour it, pour it, pour it. We have the sprinkling. We're asking you to pour it. An oasis in the desert. The prophet said, there's coming a day that I'm going to take out the heart of stone and put a heart of flesh. Take out the stony heart. Give us a heart of flesh, Lord. Awaken people out of their stupor. Awaken people out of their sin. Convict us, Lord. Draw us into holiness. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we decree it, we declare it, we prophesy it, we declare it in the name of Jesus that it would be done, that it would be done, that it would be done. We take authority, not our authority, but your authority. Number two, we are asking God for systems and structures and strategies and right people. Lord, you can send the people, but the structure has 
to be strong. The structure has to be strong. We pray for structure, systems, systems and structures and strategies. If you don't like the structure that we have, speak to us and we'll change it, Lord. But we pray, God, that our systems, our structures and strategies will be in line with what you want us to do. We pray that you bring the right people, the right people, the right people. Move out the wrong, move in the right. Move in the right, move in the right, move out the wrong. That every person in leadership is the person that you have put, that you have put, that you have raised up leaders, that you have put people in the right place. That we don't seek after those who we favor, but we seek after those who you favor. Number three, we're asking, we're asking for numerical and spiritual growth. For your word says many months ago, and it was confirmed that if we build the ark, you would send him in two by two, two by two, two by two. This church ain't for everybody, but it is for somebody. It is for somebody. So we prophesy to the north, we prophesy to the south, we prophesy to the east and the west. We command the people to come. We command you to come. We command you to come. I think that people drive by the highway and there's a drawing of the spirit. There's a drawing of the spirit. There's a drawing of the spirit. People pulling in the parking lot. There's a drawing of the spirit. Our music may be the same as others. Our preaching may be the same as others. But the spirit will be different here. The spirit will be stronger here. It is an oasis. We pray that the river of God not only is the ankle deep, but we pray that it's knee deep, knee deep, knee deep. We pray that it is a river that we have to swim in. We pray that the river will increase, the glory will increase, the power will increase. I pray that healings and miracles and signs and wonders would happen. In the name of Jesus, miracles, signs, and wonders would happen. Even when the word is preached, miracles would happen. Even when the worship is happening, miracles would happen. Nobody's laying hands on anybody, but miracles are happening. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. We pray for a genuine move of God. Not something that's worked up, not something that's worked, but something that's genuine. That's worked in the heart of man. That's worked in the heart of woman. That's not worked up because of lights, not worked up because of music not worked up because of a sermon but it's worked up because the spirit of God did something in the heart of man we pray that there would be a river of finances a river of finances we're not asking you to pay the lease we're asking you to pay it off pay it off pay it off raise up tithers and extravagant givers send forth people with resources I pray in the name of Jesus I thank you that you already have done it and you're still going to do it. Not that we can hoard it to ourselves, but Father that we walk in wisdom with your resources. That we'll walk in wisdom and use it rightfully we pray. In the name of Jesus. 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 
Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Somebody help me pray tonight. Somebody lift your voice to God tonight. The Bible says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Somebody believe God with the pastor tonight that we still believe God is able to do far above what we can ask or think. Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Tonight we stand on the word of God. Tonight we are, we are persuaded that if you said it, we 